0: You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's time for JT the Brick.
1: The business I chose. That is real. That is bleeping real right now. Why am I bringing this up? It's what I do best. I screw up five times a day before breakfast. I'm not going crazy on this one. I'm not. I'm not going crazy. Does anybody listen to me? We talk balls on sports radio. JT the Brick. I don't have notes. online. I just, it's off the top of my head. The whole radio show's off the top of my head. I don't have a three-hour pre-show meeting like those other guys where the interns write the show. It's all off the top of my head my head. We make memories on this show for the Raider Nation. Jump on with us. Do your job. Win these games. Let's be up 10 points in the fourth quarter. Let's go in and shock the world. We are not the official show of the practice squad. I want to talk about the starters and the impact, guys. We're going to put this team on the map. If this is too hardcore for you, turn the channel. Don't embarrass Bobby. Wow, I can go in 10 different directions today. No half-ass effort. I bring passion and energy for every second I'm on the radio. And now, it's a tweet. Don't take it too seriously. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT live at Lotus Broadcasting and on YouTube live on the live stream. Good to see people in the chat. We're going to be doing this more and more and more as long as my son can set it up every day to his dad who needs tech support every day. I appreciate him as he's at work today making sure it's all set up. Uh, We're working out some kinks, but people seem to like it. So you can watch the show, which you're not watching much. At times, we're going to have guests in here and cameras and all that. But it's just a live stream of the show. You can hear some of the callers and hear what I have to say. I want to kind of do this more and more to get the monologue in. I like the first 20 minutes of the show. That's my show, the first 20 minutes. The entire show is your show and the Raider Nation. Whatever you want to talk about, there are no rules. There are no restrictions other than no profanity and don't make it personal about the Raiders or anybody who owns or works for or does anything with the team. That's it. That's the only rules. It's nice to have a show with no rules. And then I just fly and I hope to hear from you. If you want to get in, it's 702-365-9200. And that's what we're going to do here. And we're going to try to have some fun with this and grow it out. So please click subscribe when you go to YouTube, JT the Brick, YT. Used to be a band and still is, y Great rock band that plays in uh, the Bay Area and in Vegas a lot. Uh, it's JT the Brick, YT. And that's how you can get in. And good afternoon to the Raider Nation as we are in the global hub of the silver and black, Las Vegas, Nevada. We love Oakland. We love Oakland. We love Los Angeles. And we love Vegas. The show emanates from Vegas. So anyone in the Raider Nation could be a part of this. And Raider fans are some of the sharpest fans out there. But as my wife kind of says from time to time, I am a Raiders therapist. My degree is at Geneseo State Communications, communications degree. And I got into radio and had nothing to do with communications. I took communications in college because it was the easiest way to graduate and become the president of my fraternity and drink beer and play rugby. And it was a way to get an education. And little did I know that I had a communications degree because I was a stockbroker for years. And uh, then I won the Jim Rome smack off and got into radio And I never wanted to get into radio. Never cared about it. I like to listen to a little bit of it. And now I'm going on 27 years, and this will be my 26th Radio Row. Missed one for the COVID shutdown of Radio Row. Been very lucky to work on some cool platforms, mostly the Raiders, Fox Sports Radio, Sports Fan Radio Network, and now YouTube Live. We can do some content here from the Super Bowl. So that's it. Next week. We will be on Radio Row every day except for Friday. We're waiting on to the official news. We'll be doing a remote, I believe, from Caesars Palace on Friday outside. The Bucket of Modellos will be flowing. I'll give you details on that. And hopefully, maybe today on the show, tomorrow, we'll find out if the Raiders get an offensive coordinator. And that's very important, and that'll be the lead topic as I open up the monologue here on potentially what the Raiders can do. What should the Raiders do? What would you like to see them do at the offensive coordinator position? The problem with this question is many of the people who are qualified for a job like this are qualified, have never, ever been an offensive coordinator. There's someone that owners and insiders say, well, this guy's a quarterback guru. This guy worked under Sean McVay. I mean, Sean McVay gets a lot of people hired. You work for Sean McVay on offense, you're going to get a job. Uh, This guy was an offensive coordinator for Detroit. He turns down two head coaching jobs today. So I'm going to get into all of this and what's happening here. But remember, the Raiders have two choices, just like they did from interim head coach to head coach and the general manager. The Raiders can select a young gun, young offensive wizard play caller, college experience on a good staff, or they can go the veteran role, which would be a fired head coach, a fired offensive coach like Cliff Kingsbury, or a guy like Alex Van Pelt, who's been an offensive coordinator and been an offensive coach for a long time, very qualified. They can go inside the box and hire someone who's famous, like Cliff Kingsbury, or they can go outside the box. Because of their strict guidance in their interview process We don't know what's going to happen We do not know what's going to happen in that scenario But the Raiders are on the clock And the Raiders need to be on the clock Because it's very important now that the Raiders get this one right Most of us believe in the Raider Nation that they got it right with Antonio Pierce Clearly they got the veteran aspect of it right with Tom Telesco Guy's been in the league a long time as a general manager, comes from the Bill Polian tree. That's a guy you know when he shows up to work and swipes his key card every day. He's got this. He knows the scouts. He knows the other GMs. He knows the other owners, the other coaches. He knows tendencies. The Raiders wanted to go with someone who was doing it longer and keep Champ all good. So I think the Raiders checked the box there. But OC is going to be really interesting. And OC has got to be they got to nail this because they have a quarterback in Aiden O'Connell who's young, and there's a lot of veteran quarterbacks out there that could are better than Aiden O'Connell, and there's probably a few young kids coming out of college who are better than Aiden O'Connell, clearly. And that's not a slight on Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell was a 4 uh, six-year player at Purdue and went in the fourth round. So when you look at what he's done in the past – Aiden O'Connell was not drafted to be the starting quarterback of the Raiders anytime soon, but he is now, and he was last year because Brian Hoyer wasn't able to do that. He wasn't able to get that done, and then you look at some of the other people that were there. Jimmy Garoppolo got injured, so you start adding it up. Who's available? Who's available? Who's available to be a quarterback? That is our offseason topic. That's what we're trying to figure out, but no matter who they pick, it's going to be before the draft. It could be today or tomorrow. they got to get some offensive coordinator who has depth with play calling, runner passing, and I think now you want to get a passing game coordinator with your offensive coordinator. Remember, you can get an offensive coordinator, and then you can go out and hire because Mark Davis is so generous. He is. There's no sarcasm there. Mark Davis will also provide you with a run game coordinator and a pass game coordinator. That's pretty good to me. So whatever they want to do uh, is fine by me, but I think they better make a move because of what happened with the breaking news today that Ben Johnson has declined the opportunity to be the head coach of the Commanders or Seattle. He's going to stay. He's going to stay in Detroit. Is that a good move to stay in Detroit? He's young. I think he's 36 or 37. He doesn't have to make a move. Remember, Brian Dayball was the offensive coordinator for the Bills. He went to the Giants, and he was the coach of the year. And now he's on the hot seat, could get fired. You don't have to take your first job offer. I talk to young people in broadcasting about that all the time. The ones I get to talk in front of, the ones I get to answer emails and talk about. You don't want to take the first job that is offered to you unless it's a great job. It's got all, it checks all the boxes. Anybody can get their first job. I'll work for free. I'll work for free. I'll, I'll do this. I'll, I'll do this. No, you want to get the best job or take a job that you know you love and build up with that job until you can leave. Can you believe how many people have gone out and interviewed for jobs in the last two weeks? I mean, God, every offensive passing game guy, every quarterback coach, everyone who's on a staff is getting an interview because all of these jobs were available. So with Ben Johnson staying in Detroit, the commanders in Seattle are sitting around. Now, I thought Pete Carroll was never going to leave Seattle. Why? Why are they getting rid of Pete Carroll? What's their plan? Oh, well, I guess they don't have a plan because the plan was to go get Ben Johnson, and they didn't get him. And then the commanders, the commanders to me is a really big story because they're under new ownership. They had to put some ownership and partnerships together. They brought in Magic Johnson, Irvin Magic Johnson, Bob Meyer of the Warriors, and I think they're, they think they're too cool to go get Bill Belichick. They're too cool to do that. They want to be kind of analytic guys, and, you know, we got four or five cooks in the kitchen. We want to get someone we can mold. Well, good luck with that because the commanders could have had Bill Belichick. Give him a little bit of power. Maybe Belichick wants too much power. We'll get into that in the show, but I think Belichick would have been the safe bet. So when we look at this coach coming up with the Raiders, I want an explosive, an explosive offensive coordinator who can develop a quarterback, call the plays, and be aggressive. Let me repeat that again. Got to be aggressive. The league is aggressive. Okay, you got to be able to develop the quarterback because we might not be able to get you one in the draft. But it could be Bo Nix or Michael Penix Jr. Develop them and get them ready, presumably behind Aiden O'Connell. And then once you have that done, be able to lead the offense and do it correctly, but you have to take the top off. I am still sitting here in shock. In shock that Josh McDaniels, an elite, not an elite head coach, never said that at any point of any of my shows, but I often said an elite offensive coordinator. Six Super Bowls called pretty much every one of Brady's plays, was at every Brady's practice, every film room. He put in the work, and I know how hard he worked as a head coach. He was a grinder, and he called all this, and he thought and forgot more about offensive play calling maybe than anyone ever in the league. That's how much he put into offense. And he's still a, a young coach relative to some of the guys who are in their 60s and 70s. And this offense was dead on arrival. Dead on arrival with the leading rusher in the entire league last year and Josh Jacobs. Devontae Adams a freak. Michael Mayer. You looked at the—I tell you, when I looked at Jacoby Myers and what these other weapons were like in Trey Tucker, the lack of motion, the lack of the fact that the offense never opened up, Josh McDaniels lost his job because the offense failed so miserably, so miserably, that the owner had no choice. I mean, if the offense was putting up 31 a game and the defense was a sieve and they just couldn't tackle anybody, I think Josh McDaniels is probably around here. But what happened in Chicago, then Detroit, and the fact that the offense was afraid of their own shadow, they couldn't do anything, was shocking to me still. I never would have said that or guessed it. And even the, for the detractors of McDaniels who wanted him out, they would have even told you they were expecting more. Last year for the Las Vegas Raiders was an epic failure of offensive football. I mean, mind-blowing. So who's ever coming in is going to have great upside. Who's ever coming in is like, give me, give me Devontae. Give me Josh Jacobs. Oh, you're going to give me Zeus as a backup running back of the starter. Michael Mayer is going to be healthy. We got Trey Tucker over the top. Jacoby Myers, we're going to get another kid in the draft, maybe another free agent. I want that job. And from what I've heard, off the record, is that four or five of these guys desperately want the Raider job. I'm not going to tell you the names, but I know this to be true. If you've been watching and listening to my show forever, you know when I say something like this, I mean it. There are four to five names in the hunt for this job who desperately is the quote, want this job because they want to be a part of the silver and black. They want to be in that brand-new building. They want to play in legion. They want to be with Devontae, and they think they might be able to get a brand-new elite quarterback in the draft or get a veteran free agent on top of Aiden O'Connell. It's go time. Got to get an OC because all of a sudden it's freak show time in the nation's capital with the commanders in Seattle going, oh, do we take Dan Quinn? Oh, what do we do now? You idiots. You idiots in Seattle and, and the Commanders, you should have hired Bill Belichick. I put the tweet up. It's like I put chum in the water, Jared, for some of the dumbest and most ignorant sports fans like I was hunting. You know how you put chum in the water to hunt for sharks? I put chum in the water today on Twitter because I knew I was going to get some of the most idiotic responses I could ever get. And that says a lot because I'm not a great tweeter. I'm not saying I'm Nostradamus of Twitter. But when I put out this tweet earlier today, why don't the commanders wake up and hire Bill Belichick? We have some dopes on the internet that think Ben Johnson is a better head coach than the GOAT Bill Belichick. Some sports guys should have to take a cognitive test to keep their sports media jobs. And all the responses, Belichick is great, but not only great with Brady. No, the commanders need someone. Oh, my God, I put Chum in the water. And you should see some of the tweeters who swam up to the boat that we were able to hook in easy. The coach goat needs the goat or he's not the goat. James W., too old, demands too much power, hasn't won since he lost Brady. He may be the goat, but he's not the goat without the quarterback from Anthony Burmer. Buffalo Sparty, JT, you rate Belichick higher than I do and won't get into the goat debate. I can't believe who I'm dealing with here. There are actual people. This would be like Elon Musk leaving SpaceX or Twitter, and Twitter lost six hundred million or a billion dollars in someone saying, "I'm not going to hire Elon Musk." Oh, I'm not going to hire Elon Musk. He puts spacecrafts into space. Has the Boring Company invented half the things in our life? He invented the Tesla, but you know he failed in Twitter. I would not. He's not the goat anymore. Oh, he. he you see what he did with Twitter? They are building an extra wing in the archives of the Pro Football Hall of Fame for Bill Belichick, for him. And and people are doubting Bill Belichick over Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson. Okay, Mr. Fourth and Two. Did you see Ben Johnson's play calling in the second half of the Detroit game with San Francisco? I think he's a good coach. No problem with him. No problem with him. But better than Belichick? I mean, I I don't drink idiot water every day. I drink smart water. I don't drink idiot water. What the hell's going on out there? Are we at the point now where we think that Phil Jackson couldn't win without Shaq, Kobe, and Michael Jordan? Do we believe, even though Greg Popovich loses every game he seems to coach now, do we believe that Popovich should no longer be in the consideration because he doesn't have Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker? Did you see Vince Lombardi's record when he left the Green Bay Packers? Everybody in this country looks at a 24 hour news cycle. 24 hours ago, he was great. Pull him down. 24 hours ago, she was the best actress in the world. She didn't get nominated for the Academy Award. She's no good. I mean, what is going on here? Bill Belichick's got to wait in line behind, behind some of these hires? Everybody's overthinking it. Well, he wants too much power. Then you bring the owner in and say, we're not going to give you all that power. We're going to take a little bit of it away. You tell Bill Belichick to go to TV? I mean, Tom Brady, I want to get to Tom Brady here in a minute here in the monologue. Tom Brady did the car wash today. He went on all these uh, media shows here promoting his new company, this moving company that he has with nutrition and apparel, which was really good. And then uh, Brady was talking about himself and Mahomes. And, you know, everyone's talking about the GOAT. Who's the GOAT? I'm going to see Joe Montana next week. Joe's the GOAT. And also Tom Brady's the GOAT. Kobe was the GOAT. Jordan's the GOAT. LeBron's the GOAT. But, no, we want one GOAT. Well, for all you football fans, the GOAT's Bill Belichick with eight Super Bowl rings, two as a defensive coordinator for Lawrence Taylor, and six with the Patriots, You're going to look pretty stupid at the end of the bar at Buffalo Wild Wings or wherever you go saying that Bill Belichick can't win with anybody else because there's a sea of coaches who lost their best players and never win and got fired and never came back again. I cannot believe what is going on here with – with Belichick today. Here's Tom Brady from his podcast Let's Go on SiriusXM talking about an array of topics.
2: I just loved playing so much I never wanted to give it up and unfortunately I got to watch now and I think in these moments when they got championship games and Super Bowls um, next year I'm going to be calling a Super Bowl uh, for Fox which is going to be incredible and it's it's been a different experience this year watching but I've certainly enjoyed Not getting hit by Aaron Donald and and, Dominick and and Sue anymore and and enjoying other parts of my life, which have been really fun.
1: Well, credit ESPN for that. If it was McAfee, if it was Colin, whoever had him on today. Good interview. Brady was great. And I'll tell you the big takeaway from Brady today, the big one for me, was I didn't think Brady was ever going to broadcast for Fox. I really didn't. I think you know, he's going to sign a deal. Yeah, I got an out clause. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to find a new Brazilian swimsuit model. Remember, he found a Brazilian swimsuit model who made more money than him his entire life in Giselle. He's a free agent again in that category. He spent all day today talking about how excited he is to be on Fox as the lead broadcaster. I mean, he wasn't making it up. And remember, Tony Romo came out of nowhere. Tony Romo came out of nowhere. The first couple of broadcasts he ever had, people are saying, this is Nostradamus. This is Nostromo. This is the bat. He might have been. I'm saying this because John Madden, it took Madden a while to develop. In the beginning, people are like, you saw the documentary. Whoa. You know, Madden wasn't great in the beginning. They really had to let him figure it out. And then he got so loose and comfortable, he became the GOAT. I think John Madden is the GOAT. When it comes to broadcast analysts, play-by-play, I give to Al Michaels on that and Jim Nance. And Joe Buck, where people break the internet when they say Joe Buck. They break the internet. Joe Buck does the World Series and the Super Bowl, and people say he can't do it. But, you know, getting back to Belichick and Brady, the GOAT, what we're seeing now with this offensive coordinator position open for the Raiders, and all jobs, people get new jobs and excel. People get new jobs and fail. I've said this to you as I look into the camera here on YouTube. I'll tell you this again. I will never be defined by my job. I have many jobs, sometimes too many. Very lucky. Once in a blue moon, I lose a job. Never define myself by it. Whenever I stop doing anything, I hope people don't define me by the last two days of my job and take the overall look of my whole career. We do a lot in this country defining people by their latest job in place of employment. Have you seen what's happened post COVID? People don't go to work anymore. They work from home in their pajamas. CEOs work from jets on Zoom. People do a lot of different things now that they didn't do 10 years ago. The commercial real estate markets crash. People don't do what my dad did go an hour and a half on a train to work, an hour and a half home from work, that's three hours, and work a 12-hour day. So when we sit here and we crucify Belichick for having a a bad year, once in every 22 years, or we judge, you know, a couple of these other coordinators, or we're judging who's going to be the Raider OC. He was on Cleveland. Oh, my God. He was the run guy for the Bears. You don't know who these people are until they get to their new place of employment. And then they prove in their new place of employment that they're worthy of the job. So whoever the Raiders hire, whoever they hire, we as fans or members of the media don't have to, but if you're a, if you're a Raider fan, you get behind these gentlemen or ladies and you say, I'm going to give them everything I got as a fan. Because if they don't win, I'm going to have another garbage year. I'm not going to have fun this year. Or I'm not going to get to the Super Bowl and I'm going to have to watch Mahomes versus Purdy in the Super Bowl. We got to root if we're fans, not the media. I'm a fan behind a microphone. Got to root for these people to do well. So for the offensive coordinator position, if it's Click Kingsbury, great. He's a former head coach. He knows how to run a building. As a head coach. Run the entire organization. If he's just running the quarterback position in the offense, all good for that. Alex Van Pelt, some of the other names that are out there. But this could be coming down here pretty quickly. And we'll let you know if it breaks on our show or Q show or it takes a couple of days. We knew there'd be a whirlwind of information coming up just because what just happened today with the young gun, hot shot, very good co- coach from Detroit basically turning down the new billionaire owner of the Washington commander saying, nope, I'm good in Detroit. We just played in the NFC championship game, had a 24-7 to lead, and we probably should have won the game. I want to roll it back again, and he's going to stay with the Lions. I also think the Steelers get Arthur Smith, who just got fired from the Falcons. That's an upgraded offensive coordinator. You get a former head coach who knows all the personnel out there. So big decisions still looming as the senior bowl – I think Vinny's down there at the senior ball. I saw some of his social media today. All right, the monologue brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. You know that Golden Entertainment that owns PT's, Arizona Charlie's, the Laughlin Entertainment Center. They also own the Strat. If you're from out of town, you've seen the Strat. It's kind of our Empire State Building there. They have tremendous activations for the Super Bowl. They still have rooms available. They got a great sports book William Hill, they got the the top-of-the-world restaurant, and plus they have 64-plus taverns in town, PTs, Sean Patrick, Sierra Gold, the SG Bar. They can make sure you have a really good time. All right, when we come back, we'll get this thing rolling, and I jump in the chat. I jump in the chat now on the live stream. Something I never said for a quarter century. I'll jump into the chat on YouTube. We'll have Jeff Sherman from the Westgate with the moving odds of the Super Bowl.
0: Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by Michael E. Minden at the Fashion Show Mall. Better quality and lower prices.
1: JT, back with you. We're brought to you by Modelo. Modelo also sponsors my live stream. And what I do on YouTube Live, thanks to Steve Gomez and the team at Modelo as we open up the show. No breaking news today. It's not a crazy day in Raiderland, but they're looking for an OC. Cliff Kingsbury's been in the building Is he the right choice? I think he's a really good choice because he's got a lot of experience. We've seen the plays that he's called with some elite quarterbacks. Elite. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Go to what he did last year with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. Then you go to Kyler Murray, who's an absolute rock star coming out of college and what he was able to do. 22 minutes ago, Adam Schefter, Lions passing game coordinator uh, Tanner Engstrand will interview for the Buccaneers offensive coordinator job. Uh, The big breaking news 30 minutes ago, Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson has two years remaining on his contract with the Lions. His deal was not adjusted to stay, per league sources, proving that money is not his biggest motivation. The commander's officials were en route to Detroit. Ooh, look at this. The commanders were en route to Detroit for a meeting with Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn when they got word that Johnson was staying with the Lions. Well, that's big news. And he was not a head coaching lock, according to Adam Schefter. Seemed like he was for the Commanders. I, I actually thought he was such a lock, and they couldn't interview him. You know, he couldn't have a formal sit-down until these games when Detroit lost. But I thought he was a lock a while ago. Uh, Michael S. on YouTube says, Pearson Telesco waiting for Kubiak. It sure seems that way. That could be the case. Absolutely. Absolutely, there are still coaches out there on Kansas City's roster who you don't think we would be doing business with, but you can. But no doubt with the 49ers there as we got some time here leading up to the Super Bowl. In regards to the Super Bowl, that's going to be a topic here for the next couple of days. The weather's great today. Oh, my God. If this was the week of the Super Bowl, 72 degrees yesterday at one point. And then I guess we're going to have a little bit of rain coming in everybody's blowing up my phones. Where's the party? Where's the media night party? Where's this or that? Uh, Just find a good spot with your buddies. Sit down, have a good time. The whole entire Las Vegas Strip can accommodate everybody. If we didn't have the Super Bowl game here, if we didn't have the game here, we're still the biggest Super Bowl city without the game. More people come to this city to watch the Super Bowl than go to other cities to actually go to the game. So it's the perfect storm here. It's absolutely the perfect storm with the game here and people coming out to celebrate the Super Bowl. Uh, for me, I despise this matchup. This is a worst case scenario for me. As a fan, I have no interest in this game, but I think it could be a great classic game. You know, I don't want to sit down and watch the 49ers and the Chiefs. In the building that I work in, and I've never ever missed one professional football game in that building. I've been to every one, even the ones that Roger Goodell couldn't go to because of COVID. And I had a mask on and I was doing the pregame show during COVID. This is not my ideal situation going to my club, my bar at Allegiant Stadium with a sea of Niner fans and a sea of Chief fans having cocktails with them. That to me is not worth four, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars. I can do two Maui trips with that money. I can go to Europe with that money. But there's so much wealth in this country. There's so much elite wealth in this country that anyone who's filthy rich can easily go to the Super Bowl. Let me make that point again. Anyone who can spend $10,000 on a football game can afford whatever the price of the hotel is, the private jet, the airline. So they're coming. They're coming in, and it's driving up the price. I'll have my ticket broker, Johnny Mack, on. He joins me every year from Radio Row, and he'll give us an update on what's happening. Hardcore Raider uh, joins us to kick off the show. Thanks for calling on the flagship.
2: Hey, JT. How you doing? All right, so uh, I want to talk about the offensive coordinator. Can you hear me all right?
1: Yeah, we hear you great. Go ahead.
2: All right, right, sorry. Uh, So... You know when I look at this situation I call it a three-headed monster because uh not only do we have to get the offensive coordinator right but we have to get the quarterback situation correct and uh get the correct scheme. So whoever our offensive coordinator is they have to be able to scheme to whatever the quarterback is. And I know it sounds easy but there's too many times that we've seen in the NFL where good quarterback should be a good coach and they just don't scheme for for that player and we don't get you know see the best out of those players. And then they'll go somewhere else and you'll see them getting the best out of, out of that uh, player like that. So, you know, not only is it extremely important, like I do like the younger – the thought of getting a younger offensive coordinator, you know. Um, but I also look at it from the scheme standpoint, and if you get someone with more experience, they're going to have more experience to, to be able to do different schemes. So the reason why I say that, like, yeah, Kubiak from the Niners, uh, I do kind of like that. But the other guy that I really like that most people won't agree with me on is Hugh Jackson you look at Hugh Jackson and Antonio Pierce said he wants guys that want to be Raiders, that fits kind of the Raider way. Uh, in my opinion, Hugh Jackson fits all of that. Hugh Jackson did a great job with our offense back then, uh, as well as when he did his time with the Bengals with Carson Palmer and Andy Dalton. So, you know, I, even if uh, Hugh Jackson wasn't the head coach, I'd love for him to be like, you know, a senior offensive assistant to whoever our, uh, you know, offensive coordinator uh, was. So, it would be nice if the Raiders could find a spot for him, but that's all I'm going to
1: Okay, ask. fair enough. You know, I, I don't know if that will be a good fit for Hugh here. He's a former head coach of the team. Uh, he's a good guy. Got a chance to know Hugh. He's a big fan of the black hole and all of that. Mike Florio put out a rumor, and Mike Florio was really good. Uh, the attorney at Pro Football Talk noted that some people from around the league have speculated that UCLA head coach Chip Kelly could be targeted by the Las Vegas Raiders as offensive coordinator. And again, to me, that would be interesting. I wasn't thinking about that one. Uh, he went 46 and 7 in four years at Oregon, uh, an appearance in the BCS. We know his background with Philadelphia. But Kelly went 2 and 14 as the head coach of the 49ers. 2 and 14 as the head coach of the 49ers. And that's a big deal. When you look at that, that's a really big deal that he failed that much so with the 49ers. And the 49ers are a Super Bowl team now and been much better. Since he lost, but I remember him with Philadelphia. And again, these guys all know football well. It's the fit with Antonio Pierce, Marvin Lewis, who's going to have a big voice in that building, Tom Telesco, a bigger voice as the GM, and Mark Davis of the owner. I know for a fact, I can tell you this is a fact, that the group that is interviewing all the people here are working around the clock. Not that they didn't work hard in the past to vet out other individuals, But they are taking their time. They are not panicking. They have gotten who they've wanted so far. Give him credit for that. Mark has gotten who he's wanted so far. Antonio Pierce, I think, was a lock overall. Patrick Graham is here. That's a big save and a good thing because he's really good and ahead of a a hell of a coach. And they got Tom Telesco experience at a time where really only what the Raiders only need next. We're not talking about a three- or five-year plan anymore. I'm not on this show. I did for the Raiders moved to Vegas. I talked about a three- to five-year plan. We're at year five. I'm not talking about a three- or five-year plan. I'm talking about next year. I'm talking about next year this team needs to be in the playoffs with a playoff game. Hard to say with Kansas City in the Super Bowl, that'll be a home game. But the Raiders have got to be in the hunt the entire year to be a playoff team and comfortably make the playoffs with their roster. They need one more draft upcoming, one more free agent class, to really be a team that can compete against anybody in this league. The 49ers, they beat the Chiefs on Christmas Day. We know who they've beaten. We know what they can do. Now just get three to four more starters, not these third-round defensive tackles who don't dress on game day. I don't need a Byron Young. I like Nestor Jade, but if he's not going to play, I can't talk about him on my show. I need a free agent right tackle. I need a starting quarterback and maybe one or two pieces. Go get the starters, not the developmental players. We got plenty of those trade tuckers. They're good. We got and Bennett. Good young player. We'll develop those guys. Get some veterans and some young veterans who can come in here and play and help the team win. All right. 702 365 9200. I'm going to head over to the Westgate in a little bit and talk to Jeff Sherman. He's going to join us here. We'll get the moving lines. Tough to bet. You got to bet props. <laughs> You betting props? Or you betting the game? You betting the total? Uh, Jeff Sherman releases the best props in all of sports gaming over at the Westgate. Also, we're brought to you by Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Proud partner of our show. Go out and support Charles Woodson and support his legend by picking up Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. When you
2: look at what Brock Purdy was able to do, Brock Purdy has separated himself from Dak Prescott. Brock Purdy has separated himself from Tua Valoa. Brock Purdy has
1: separated himself from guys like Kirk Cousins, from guys like Justin Herbert. He was asked in the most pressurized moment to be the best he could possibly be.
2: If I'm looking at those two games Saturday, Brock Purdy did what we would have
1: expected Lamar Jackson to do. Brock Purdy trusted himself. We agree with Brock that. Purdy put the football where it was supposed to be. Brock Purdy won
0: the football game. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by M Resort Spawn Casino. Oh, the official hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: JT, back with you as we continue on here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Raider Nation Radio, we got a YouTube live stream going, I think we do, it was up when I last looked, hopefully still there and you're watching us there as we bring in Jeff Sherman, VP of Risk Management over at the Westgate. So Jeff, before we get to the early Super Bowl lines, walk us through the NFC and AFC Championship game. I'll start with that Detroit lead, what that did for the total, the number before halftime, and then how it reset the line for the 49ers' comeback.
0: Yeah, you know, we had a lot of in-play on uh, San Francisco as they were down. A large hole down 17, especially at halftime, because we had the second half minus 8 on San Francisco. But you saw a lot of support for them. Uh, Public likes to have a team that they were on before the game. Once they get down, they'll end up reloading, and that's what they did. But uh, optimally, from the game result, uh, San Francisco winning but not covering was good for the book.
1: Okay, for when you saw the prop bets in that game too, because I'll get to what happened with Lamar and especially Mahomes. But I was blown away by Purdy and his legs and the and the clutch running he did down the stretch. Were you surprised by that and how effective he was late in the game, running the ball in uh, important clutch spots in the game?
0: Yeah, no, that was very important there, and you know that reflects into the Super Bowl props that we end up doing and having to take that into account and the perception of what the public last saw. So. You know, that's some of the things we've been discussing today in preparation for the Super Bowl props.
1: Jeff Sherman joins us from the Westgate, so we'll get to the props and when they come out and what's coming. The, the game that fascinated me was Baltimore and uh, going up against Mahomes. And first, the props for the rushing yards for both Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and how disappointing it was for betters who really went in on Lamar Jackson overall to win the game, passing yards, rushing yards, and how he came up short.
0: Yeah, we had a lot of support for the Ravens. That game closed four and a half on Baltimore. And uh, like you mentioned, for the rushing yards, uh, they did bet Mahomes over. and He went over there. So um, they won on that. But every which way had uh, Baltimore support. And the public was disappointed from that aspect. But, um, you know, that game, it really didn't matter who won uh, as being the first game of the two. So that was a good result for us going into the second game.
1: Jeff Sherman is our guest over at the Westgate. So walk me through setting the line for the Super Bowl, how quickly after the game, what you started to see right after in the quick line move.
0: Yeah, you know, we had look-ahead lines up, and last week we had this 49ers minus 2.5 and 47.5. And so we had that idea going into this matchup. We ended up opening it 2 and 47.5, and just thinking that the public would be looking to bet on the home side as an underdog again. Um, and initially they did, and it brought it down to 49ers minus one. Now, we saw some sharp play on the 49ers today, and it drove it back up to 49ers minus two. So we're sitting at what we opened at two and 47 and a half right now. All
1: right, that's what I see at two and 47 and a half. Uh, tell me about the total there indoors at Allegiant Stadium, a grass field, indoors, or not an option compared to the cold weather games we recently saw and the totals in those games.
0: Yeah, I mean the total is predicated on Kansas City's defense and mm-hmm. you know they've had a lot of success on the unders this year. So that's what we're looking at with this one staying short of, you know, we're thinking 49 and where do you go from there? But we went with 47 and a half basically starting with Kansas City's defense.
1: Uh more future liability from early in the season on the Niners or Kansas City.
0: Uh we have more on Kansas City right mm-hmm. now. So uh but not too much. We're in a little bit better shape on the 49ers and so we factor that into our decision-making on what we do with this line.
1: Uh, absolutely. Wrapping it up with Jeff Sherman. Jeff, before we talk to you next week from Radio Row, uh, tell us the work your staff, your team puts behind with these bats. Every year you tell us about it. and There's always a unique twist you have every year. We even have Live Golf in town. You always tie it to golf, too, with the PGA Tour. What other unique looks do you have?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're in the midst of working on these, and we'll have them all up Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, And you know we've done some new ones. One that I like is largest lead by either team in the first half. We've always done it for the full game, but we Mm -hmm. did it for the first half, and that's a new one at nine and a half. We're looking at, Um, you know, you mentioned some different ones, but we're doing uh, like Caitlin Clark involving her in a crossboard prop Mm -hmm. against Travis Kelsey. So we got Caitlin Clark points on Super Bowl Sunday against Travis Kelsey first half receiving yards. So trying to tie things in like that that are unique.
1: One last thing. What can you envision with having a Super Bowl in your book, the sharpest and best sports book for a long period of time and having the game here? What, what is that chaos going to be like? What do you think is going to happen with the handle overall and just the foot traffic over at the Westgate?
0: Well, first of all, it's a perfect matchup with the 49ers and Chiefs and Mahomes and how public these teams are. And then secondly, with it being here, I, I fully expect to see a record set an all-time handle that we've ever had.
1: You go. There you go. Jeff Sherman joins us. Jeff, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week from Mandalay Bay. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, JT. Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate, a go-to guy. He sets the lines. He told you about the line movement. Now it's San Francisco minus two. A total on that is seven and a half. It's another thing for the young gamblers who are out there. If you got to bet responsibly, but no one does for the Super Bowl. The one game that no one bets responsibly for, which is fun, is the Super Bowl. You know, you you, you can you, you're looking at the Super Bowl and you're not going to sit there and walk away and say I don't like the guy, ga- the game of the line. I don't like the game of the line, so I'm going to walk away and not bet it. You're going to bet it. How do you not bet Patrick Mahomes getting points? How do you not take that bet? Now, if you're a big better, you don't throw 1000 on that. If you're a small better, you don't throw $50 or 100 just on Mahomes on the money line. I'm not a gambler, but we talked to him. You just heard it there. I talked to a pretty sharp guy, VP of Risk Management over at one of the biggest books in the world. Are you gamblers who only gamble the Super Bowl? Are you going to bet the game? Are you going to bet props? Because Westgate's going to have their, uh, their prop bets come out Thursday night. It's going to be insane. It's going to be unbelievably chaos when they release them all. Are you surprised that uh, there aren't more props involving Taylor Swift? I think that's what's happening. I think Jeff's putting that together now because I didn't want to have the show hijacked today by Taylor Swift.
0: Sorry, you've got the Uh, idiot Chiefs fan over here. No, that's okay.
1: I know you're a Chief fan there, but how about this on the money line? So Kansas City opened plus 115. Now it's plus 110. Excuse me, the Superbook has it plus 110. And San Francisco on the money line is minus 130. So not a lot of value there on Kansas City on the money line, but there sure was a lot of value on Kansas City on the money line heading into Buffalo and especially Baltimore. 702-365-9200 if you want to start off at the top of the hour. 702-365-9200. Real number 19 says, I want to hear the guests better. We're working on that. This uh, We put up this YouTube stream for me to talk to you. Uh, in the breaks and to do all that, we'll figure out all the bells and whistles here pretty soon. But got a hundred people in there, and we're feeling good about the growth of this over the last couple of weeks. Please subscribe and share if you're on the YouTube channel here for us at YouTube JT The Brick YT. We're also on the Raiders mobile app. That's a great feed for us and LV Sports Network. Jared had a lot to do with uh, rebuilding the website. So there's a lot of on- demand there. If you're listening all over the country, you miss an interview, you can go there and check it out at lvsportsnetwork.com. Michael S says the rumor is that the Bears won a second from an NFC team and only a third for an AFC team. Who gave you that rumor? The janitor? <laughs> no, Who's the guy? Who was it? The, the, the security guard? I mean, what's the rumor? How does Michael S have that rumor? I, look. Whatever happened with the rumor of Gruden going to the Saints as OC or consultant? A good way to end the top of the hour as I look into the camera. Let me tell you, when John Gruden wins this case, it's not, a guy, it's not a lock, but when John Gruden wins this case, there's going to be a lot that I have to say. Saying nothing now. Nothing now. But when he does and he wins this case, we'll talk all about it on a separate feed from my radio employer and my satellite employer, and we'll do it on this. There's a lot happening on that quickly, but the NFL wants you to think about Taylor Swift. That's a great promo. The NFL doesn't want you thinking about the John Gruden lawsuit. They want you to think about Taylor Swift getting from Japan in time for the Super Bowl. That's where we are in the chaos of 2024. Hour number two on Deck Raiders Radio.